0: a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognise that they can.
1: Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm really pleased to be joining you on Passionate World Radio. Today Rachel and I are going to be exploring the theme of inspiration. It's an interesting concept, isn't it, inspiration, and It's one that actually is going to mean very different things to different people. Certainly will. But what is it? I mean, Mm. it's a question that is quite hard to define. For me, inspiration is when there is something that bit extra that comes and gives you an insight or a change of thinking or just makes you feel so at one with Mm. with the world and with yourself Mm. that it's something special something intangible and yet very real
2: yes what about you Um, I always think of um, the story of the American poet whose name I always forget she's uh, a lady and she spoke of inspiration in such a powerful way that that it has really stuck with me and that is um, that when she was out on her on the farm her family had a farm and she'd be out working in the fields and she would feel a poem inspiration for a poem galloping at her like a horse goodness and she would run to her bedroom trying to keep ahead of this horse uh grab a pencil and, and and write it out and she even described it as occasionally she was a bit slow and the the inspiration went through her and 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 on carried on and she would reach out and grab it and pull the horse back by its tail and and this is the 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 bit that makes my hair stand on end. She would describe how the poem would come out backwards.
1: Good gracious!
2: And and whether you believe that story is true or or just a you know a fantastical metaphor for it, it really does speak to me of how inspiration can feel, of that sort of you know, energetic movement where you get your tingles and your hair stands on end, and that sort of is an inspiration that is like. Uh, you know, an explosion. It doesn't have to always be like that. Sometimes it can be very quiet and a little whisper. But I really do think of inspiration as um, something that the universe is giving to you.
1: You've got to listen, though. But you've haven't? got to listen. And be aware. And in our very busy lives, it's so easy for those things to be missed.
2: Very easy. Very, I mean, because you know, you're thinking about what you're going to cook for tea and, and have, have the kids got the hair appointment booked. Um, and um, you know what maths homework is going on and, and all the minutiae of did I turn the lights off in, in that room and <laughs> all this sort of stuff that your brain can constantly yes. be just and uh, if you're doing that then there's no room for inspiration I think
1: It's interesting because we've gone straight away into the, the realm of what inspires us to ha- actually do, be, create Yeah. I think it would be useful to just take a step back for mm-hmm. a moment and think about the people who have inspired Inspired us, yes. and ask the listeners, you know, who's inspired you? Yeah. And, you know, I think there have been a few people in my life who've been really instrumental in making me the person I am.
3: Yeah.
1: And both my parents, neither of whom had easy childhoods and easy starts in life, in their different way inspired me. Yes. I mean, my father, heart the size of a cabbage, used to drive my mother insane because He would meet somebody in the road he would say, do you know anywhere where we can go and stay that's cheap tonight? My dad would say, come home. (laughs) And my dad would arrive with these strangers to be fed and watered Uh and and put up. And we didn't have a big house. It isn't as if we had loads of spare bedrooms. And they weren't well, well off. It wasn't as if they had a lot of spare money. Um, but there was always a place, and he yes. was always ready to help someone. Yes. And my mum, who had the most incredibly difficult childhood, she was at boarding school age six. Wow. Her parents never visited her. Wow. Yeah. And yet she did not lose her faith in human nature, mm, okay. and she was a very giving person. Although she'd moan at my dad for bringing strangers. Yeah.
2: It's a relative term. Giving. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and then I think of you know the teachers who inspired me. My maths teacher, Mr Williams, because I felt. That I couldn't mm. until he opened my eyes to the fact that actually, if you believe, you can. Yes. Um, and that's been something that's been one of my mantras throughout my life. And I thank him for that. Yes. Um, and I can remember at age 16, I uh, Francis Dyer, I went to a, a an event where she had um, given succor and a home to somebody who was homeless. Right. Um, and in fact later married him oh. and he became or re-became a very successful businessman Right, and the two of them helped people who had fallen right. on hard times Right. Um, so you know the list actually is is quite big but I suppose before I ask you and I know um, I'm not I'm not actually stopping for breath uh, but the other person, more recently, and it's in my book, is yeah. I was doing the fire walk on a course with Anthony yes. Robbins. Yes. For those who are uninitiated, the fire walk is when you walk in bare feet over hot coals. Now I know that that sounds completely and utterly potty. Yeah. Please don't try this at home. <laughs> don't, don't
3: do it yourself. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> don't go and walk over the fire. Um, however if you are in the right mindset and there's a lot of preparation to get you into the right mindset, yes, yes. you can walk over hot coals in bare feet and be completely unscathed. Now, at the time, I could barely walk a few steps. Yeah. And so I was helped either side to walk across the hot coals. I was ecstatic because mm. I'd managed it. Yes. Sat down in my wheelchair, turned around, yes. and the guy behind me was a double amputee. Right. He tipped himself out of his... Wheelchair, yes, and he walked the firewalk on his hands.
3: Wow, yeah. and
1: for me, it was how am I self limiting? Mm. If he can do that, mm. what else am I not doing that I could? Yes, and I wanted to go on a, a, a course, it was an anti Robbins course. I dismissed it because I thought, how am I going to get to America in my wheelchair on my own? Yes, how will I manage? Yes, I booked the ticket and I booked my flight and I went, and it was fabulous. Yes, so. I'm ever grateful to that guy who have, I've no idea who he is. No. So who's inspired you? Oh,
2: well, I have a similar story to you in that uh, there are people who inspire me on a macro level and people who inspire me on the micro level. And I mean, I would have to start with the influences in my family too and the approaches that my mum and dad took in their lives and um, and how that encouraged and inspired me to think about the world and then... Two, two teachers definitely um, one of whom was in my primary school and definitely encouraged my love of uh, writing and stories and and really it was a very simple process he did similar to, to the story you talked about with your teachers he, he just made me believe that he believed in me
1: i think that's so important to have someone who believes in you even when you don't believe in yourself
2: yeah just um i can remember feeling as a child that those sort of the the light going on, sort of celestial light going on. When I, I realized that the story that I'd written, just as part of you know the whole class was writing story, he didn't he didn't um, dismiss it or wasn't just sort of yeah run of the mill. He actually took just a few seconds of time just to say, you're really good at that. And it was just that simple human connection that was enough to make me think, oh I like this. I like that feeling of being praised, I like that feeling of, of, of that I can do something and I went on to win the English Literature Cup at the primary school which, you know, it's nothing, it's, a, it's not a BAFTA. <laughs> but, but in my life at that point I, I remember thinking this is the first prize I've really earned. I think the, the only thing I'd ever earned before that was a colouring competition where I won some, some toys um, from the manufacturer having coloured something in. And so this was the first time in my in my little life where I thought, oh, I I can actually do something of, that I feel good about. Now, having had that teacher's teaching experience, I then went on into my secondary school and had the opposite, where I then had a teacher who who started to turn me against it, and and I don't blame them. I mean, you know, I, I'm as much um, in that party of of do I or don't I choices of, of it. but. Um, but I still remember him. I still remember that moment where he made me feel good about the writing. Yeah. And, and that has definitely, um, you know, it definitely unlocked the well of what I wanted to do. It was the first moment.
1: I think it's really interesting how often people take inspiration and probably the person who has inspired them hasn't got a clue. That it's what they do, and yeah. in their doing, yes. they inspire others. I was watching a film on YouTube of, of a, a guy who was born with no arms, and no legs, and just a little paddle foot. Right. And he'd been completely um, dismissed by the medics. Mm. Um, and it showed this guy, he was married, had got four children, he played golf, he was a motivational speaker. Right. Um, he lived an incredibly fulfilling life, he... Um, And you could see his audiences being inspired by um, if he can do that with those disadvantages, again, what can I do? And I suppose in a sense, you know, when I go and I do motivational speaking because I've learned to walk twice, people Mm -hmm. often say that's inspirational. Mm -hmm. And I find it quite interesting because I've just got on and done what I needed to do yes. in order to live my life Yes. the alternative was too awful to contemplate yeah and yet for other people looking in I've been told so many times that's an inspiration
2: yeah well you and I have talked about this quite a quite a lot and um and um I saw the film Hackshaw Ridge fairly recently and that's of course a true story about a uh, a chap, Desmond Dodds, I think his name is, if I'm remembering the film, uh, who, who really did do something miraculous. And and for those out there who haven't seen the film, please do watch it because it's fantastic. It's horrific um, in the sense that it is a war film and it doesn't shy away from the Could horror. you very
1: quickly give uh, the listeners a, a quick synopsis because yeah. it's a very powerful oh, story. it is.
2: So Desmond Dodds was... Um, um, a religious man in that he, he had a deep faith and for reasons of his childhood um, he came to believe that it was wrong to uh, bear arms but he didn't believe that he should shirk his responsibility in the war effort so he met a young woman who would go on to be his wife and she inspired him to, to learn about because she was a nurse she inspired him Inspiration again to learn more about um, health and um, first aid and so on so he decided he would join up and become a medic in the army and he went through hell because obviously when they train you they expect you to pick up a gun (laughs) and to shoot (laughs) with it and he refused from day one in his training to he wouldn't pick up a gun and the army um, were really quite horrible to him for obvious reasons. very threatening isn't it to, to be somebody standing outside of the norm He stuck to his principles very gently just kept repeating that he didn't believe that as a Christian it was right to pick up and bear arms but that he wasn't shirking away from the responsibility of his belief that he could still help um, he could still fight the evil and I think in the film they do talk about the enemy as being the evil and it was the um, it was the Japanese end of, of, of the war rather than the German and um, and they sent him to, to this place called Hackshaw Ridge which is literally a cliff the The American army were having to climb a cliff to get on top to this um, heavily really heavily embattled area and they were trying to it was very strategic and it was a bloodbath this battle and regiment after regiment was, was being killed off and sure enough his regiment go up and over uh, and it's you know the scenes in the film are truly horrific, but actually very, very beautiful because of that, because they're not shying away from the horror of war, they're not prettifying it. But also, they have to emphasise just what a fantastic job this guy did, because he wasn't carrying any guns. He was literally just sort of in his tin hat, running from uh, person to person, trying to you know, give them aid, actually whilst the, the guns and the mortars are going off around him and then there was a withdrawal but he stayed on top of this cliff and overnight went round finding and he ended up having because everybody at the bottom of the cliff just went back to base they didn't know that he was still up there so he was lowering um, injured men down the cliff lowering them down on a rope got them to the bottom he was still at the top He, he he says to himself praise to god just one more god just let me find one more goes off in the end over that I can't remember the, how long it was, but um, he rescued 75 men who Good gracious. Would, have, would have definitely died up there.
1: And if you think of the physicality of that, without the, anything yeah. else, yeah. 75 people lowered down a mountain
2: it's cliff on your own. Yes.
1: Just mind-blowing. And, um,
2: and, and the thing that is most shocking about that film is that at the end, you're actually shown the man himself in old footage of him being interviewed. And he he's, he's just a normal human being. You wouldn't pick him out in the supermarket for anything. And he literally just said something along the lines of, well, what else was I to do? I just kept asking God for one more. I just kept doing my job. It was so normal for him to have done it, where everybody else, sort of in his regiment and well everybody he then met they were like me watching the film was this man is incredible this man had something special and I believe of course that that was inspiration working in him that he was inspired and I don't I know we don't tend to use the word inspired in those kinds of circumstances but I do believe that inspiration is, is is delivered in many many ways and he was inspired that day
1: I think, you know, it's a really good point because we tend to think about inspiration as being the big things, yeah. but actually there is inspiration in in every day, you know, being in, inspired to carry on when life is tough, being yes. inspired to love when there's fear all around you, yes. being inspired to actually see beyond, you know, what's appears to be obvious, a bit like Frances Dyer, that she saw beyond the person who looked dirty, unkempt, and yes. she saw that person yes. as, uh, as somebody worth talking to, somebody worth yes. finding out about. Yes. And, you know, I think we, we talk about inspiration and we tend to put it up on a pedestal and I think it would be useful to actually look at the day-by-day inspirations that we pick up yes which leads me nicely really to think about we've talked about people who inspire us but Mm. also there are it could be a piece of poetry inspires it could be uh, for me nature is a huge source of inspiration very much um you know i'm very lucky that as i look out of my back window that there are three ancient cedars yes um, and people yes. say to me sometimes, why don't you draw your curtains? It's because I love to watch mm. the moon come up behind them and travel through the branches. Yeah. Uh, and it's it for me. It you, nature is just so amazing, isn't it?
2: I I think um, that it's so deeply, deeply ingrained into us. I mean, I think in in our busy, busy lives, a lot of people are, are cut off from natural world and. Um, and there are some people who just never really interact with it um but for me I, I, if i want to calm myself if i want to uh soothe myself then gardening is where i go and particularly if i want sort of that sense of um a connection to to spirit then i have to go and net, sit next to the sea right for me. And it's interesting how
1: many people water. We we mm. seem to be attracted to different elements, don't we? Yes. But I mean, I call my garden my window on the soul, and yes. I it's where I go and de-stress. I have to say, not at this time of the year. <laughs> We're harder. in the UK, and it's, it's pretty cold, cold and, uh, <laughs> and it's wet. been very wet uh, this this winter. But you know, watching a you know a flower that's been a little seed just pop through its head. Um, yes. At the back of my house, I've planted snowdrops and crocus and daffodils into into the the bit of lawn, um, and the snowdrops are up. Yes, and I, I think to myself, they're brave little flowers. You know, it's been snowing, it's been raining and yes. windy, and there yes. they are. They're very delicate, and they popped up through the grass. And yes, I think that they're just fabulous. But you know, there's the grand nature, and there's the little bits yes. in nature yes the first time I went to the Grand Canyon you know you you mm. you come into this area and you feel infinitesimal because yes. the place is just so big yes but again it's this very small yeah. can be inspiring and yet the amazing and the large is is yes. inspiring it they are they the same or are they different inspirations? Do you think? No,
2: I think they're the same. I think I think it's like as above, so below. Uh, I think that in the smallness, um, even down to the micro, micro, there is this. There are the same methods, movements, energies as going on in in the big. I mean, you know you say about the little flowers coming through and how inspirational they are because you know we've suffered a very cold winter and yet here here they are beautiful delicate flowers coming up and yet for the flowers it's just life it's just normal (laughs) and then you look at the massive trees and you think you know living creatures that large on the on the planet are the planets and so you start to connect to the sense of of this this sphere, and then you think, oh, I'm spinning through this massive universe, and you look up at the stars, and, and you think, gosh, you know, light coming from millions and millions of miles mm. away, and and you you get the sense of your smallness. Certainly do. And for me, I, I can distinctly remember as a child actually having a sense of why am I me? Why, why? And I got that by understanding that that going through that thought process of I'm but a tiny little speck. And although it sounds like a slightly counterintuitive, intuitive in the sense that the recognition of how small you are in the grand scheme of life um, could probably make you think, well, what's the point? Why, why bother? But for me, it actually, it actually frees me up totally to to do whatever because I am but a little speck. So, so it doesn't matter. I'm I'm not going to affect or anything. You know, it's not a massive job of I am a big king and I can. And I have all this responsibility. I'm just a tiny speck in the universe.
1: I'm going to go challenge you because one of my favourite proverbs is if you think that you are small and you have little impact, ah. think about spending the night in a room with a mosquito.
2: I love that one. <laughs>
1: because they love me. I'm meals on wheels for them. Yeah. Uh, and if there's a mosquito in the room, I know that if If I don't get it, it's certainly going to get me. Yes. (laughs) And I think one of the problems for us in our modern age is that so often people think, I am such an infinitesimal speck that I can't make a difference. And particularly when you see what's going on in politics and war-torn countries and famine and the destruction of of the natural world by man, you think, I can't make a difference. Yeah. But I think we can.
2: Yeah, I think... think my point
1: and I understand that you're coming from a different perspective yeah
2: only in the sense of saying you know if that mosquito knew what what it does in the world if it understood its long-term impact maybe it would feel frozen and but the fact that it's just a mosquito and it's just going on with its job is actually quite freeing and that's what looking up the stars does for me yeah you know I don't have to stress about Uh, making an impact I just need to go do it because I'll just do what's natural to me and what I want to do and
1: and and I think there's inspiration in recognizing that we we talk about being human beings Mm. but certainly I know from my own situation I've spent most of my life being a human doing Doing. (laughs) and Uh, so many of us are on the treadmill of doing that we lose sight of the fact that actually being us yes having time we talked right at the beginning of this about yes you if you want the creative inspiration yes. you have to be still yes you have to give yourself space
2: yes and another fan i think it's uh from tau uh, where the, he talks about um the beauty of the jug is is not the usefulness and the beauty, therefore, of the jug is not in the clay that forms it, but is in the space inside it. Because a jug without space is it's not very useful. <laughs> no. So, and, and there's also uh, the point that um, classical music, any kind of music, actually is made more beautiful by the spaces between the notes, rather than it just being like a piano falling down the stairs and constant. Is that it's actually in the pauses, in the quietness. That's what lends lends the beauty to the whole piece, and that for me is a message to every now and again, just stop doing, yeah, just just try to be.
1: It's very tricky, I think, mm. for many people to be. Lots of people don't like being on their own, mm. and I know that many people find silence quite threatening. Mm. Um, they have to fill it. Yeah, I mean, in relationships, often people will fill the silence with their perception, their thoughts. And actually, they're nothing like the reality for the other person. Yes. Um, but it, 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 you have to get used to allowing there to be silence and being comfortable with that in yes. all sorts of contexts. Yes. And I'd urge listeners to, you know, start small. Exactly. There's a really yeah. great mindful exos- mindfulness exercise. It takes two or three minutes. Right. Where if you sit um, in a quiet, well, sit in a place, it doesn't have to be quiet, Mm. but Mm quietish to start with because that helps. Put your feet on the floor. Ideally, if you can, take your shoes off, but you don't have to. Mm. And just sit. And in the first instance, close your eyes. Mm -hmm. And then be aware. Choose any of the other senses, but perhaps to start with, what can you hear? Mm. Can you hear your own heartbeat? Can you hear yourself? breathing is there bird song or can you hear voices in the background yes and then what can you feel can you feel the fabric on your skin yes or the pressure of your thighs on the seat Mm. um how are you feeling emotionally and I think lots of people are frightened to feel because they think if I open that Pandora's box I'm never going to close it and that's perhaps a theme for another another radio show can I smell anything is there a smell of coffee or can I smell my own Shampoo or deodorant. Mm. Mm. What about the taste in my mouth? Mm. You know, if you've just eaten something, can you still taste? Mm. And then finally, open your eyes. Don't turn your head about, mm. but what can you see? Yes. Look at the colours and the texture and the, the, the relative depths of things. Yes. And just in that two or three minutes, what you do is you quieten. Your mind—it's yes. a really great stress buster. Yes,
3: um,
1: but it also gives you the opportunity to get used to being still, yeah. used to being quiet, because it's a muscle that you need to yeah.
2: develop. I think. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: so, with all of these things, I think if you're not aware of them, mm. then hopefully, out of today, that people will just take a little bit of time in their busy day to think about inspiration. Who inspires them? Yes. Um, what inspires them? Yes. And if they can, how do you get more mm. of that opportunity? Because it fills you up in a in a world where we're constantly being depleted, doesn't it? Because
2: I, I think for me that that's the very point about inspiration is that as as human beings we need it. And if you don't live an inspired life, and I'm not talking about, you know, being on telly or being famous or even creating great works of art or whatever. I just mean if you don't live a life where you're listening to yourself and you're listening to what you want to do, what gives you joy, what, um, what approach you want, if you're not living an inspired life, then, then that can be a very sad prospect. And I think everybody should try to live yes. an inspired life. In whatever
1: that means for them yes I mean we've not touched upon the whole issue of how many people are inspired by their religion
2: yeah by their yeah.
1: faith and I, I think it's important that we don't dismiss those no, but no. ultimately I think for each person it's finding their own way yes. rather than having it prescribed by oh, other people I
2: couldn't agree more really um, yeah
1: and you know whatever inspires you taking some time to recognize that that's what's happening yes then you can do more of it yes but also recognize that you may be inspiring other people without even realizing it yeah and if you have the privilege of working as a well if you're a parent or you're a teacher yes. or you work with other other people mm recognize that every interaction that you have with them mm. has the potential to inspire yes or not yes um and that sometimes i think managing yourself before you start to work, do deal with any others yes is important because it's so easy to with a, a chance remark by losing your temper mm. have the opposite effect of inspiration yeah. which can be just as yes. um, transformational but in a negative way
2: yes in, in a previous uh, radio show we spoke about is it marianne the shining the shining light Knight. and i think that's what inspiration does if you're living an inspired life i.e you're managing yourself you're you're connected with what gives you joy and you have a purpose in that sense then i think you turn your light on and i think that's what inspires others.
1: Absolutely. Having the confidence to be you. Yes. And wobbly bits and all, because ultimately yeah. there are going to be, you know, we are flawed beings and in that is our very inspiration.
2: You could think of those flaws as the spaces in the symphony.
1: Brilliant. It it, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we have to be complacent. No. You know, wanting no. to be the best version of us that we can be yeah. is it's a lifelong journey isn't it it should be um, <laughs> i think yeah. it yeah it, it should be and i think it is but um you know if thank you for listening we really appreciate that you spend time with us and we'd just love to know what is it that inspires you and you can let us know either through the radio show website or go to www. Um, genuinely-u.com uh, that's www.genuinely-u.com uh, and leave a comments there or you can go to the genuinely-u Facebook page and leave comments there we'd just love to know what inspires you what are the things in your life the pivotal moments that have actually made a difference yeah. um, if you go to the same website you can download a free copy of the book uh, Rachel's book The Point of Me is on Amazon um, please go and have a look. It's a fabulous book uh, all about a spiritual journey. It's an inspirational book. I've used some of the quotes in my own book. Um, So um, thank you again for joining us and I look forward to uh, spending some time with you very soon. Take care and goodbye.
0: You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.